Lucy had a steamboat, steamboat had a bell. Lucy went to heaven, she still felt like hell, so she only gave it two stars. Worst place ever. She's the kind of person, anyway she tries, always disappointed. So she never feels surprised when she is always disappointed. She holds my hand like I'm a barbed wire fence, dance like they're watching you, cause they are watching you. Welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we will be discussing spoilers as usual, so here's your warning. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex. And I'll start by asking, what is new to you, Alex? Okay, have you seen Spider-Man yet? No! Oh, <laughs> then we can't talk about it. <laughs> you liked I, it? I just saw it last night. And I thought it was the best one they, the ever. The best of the six of them. <laughs> yeah. Did they make a... Yeah, I guess it is six, yeah. Right? Because <laughs> they made two with uh, Garfield. With, uh, um, fuzzy hair guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield, yes. <laughs> and, I, and I liked parts of those, and obviously the original three, like, when they came out, were hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, still a huge fan of at least the first two of those. Yeah, they just don't <laughs> age well. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I don't, I'm just a diehard Sam Raimi fan. Yeah, the first, I, I really love the second one, so. Yeah, yeah. I no, I think, I think that the Tobey Maguire ones are very good, but I've heard really good things. I mean, I love, Tom Holland is a cutie pie, and I think he's the perfect Peter Parker. He, okay, A, adorable, of course. Um be like so funny in this movie and see yeah he knows how to fucking act i got that i mean you know he didn't have a whole lot of room in civil war but i loved every moment of him there's a there's a couple like scenes in this movie where you're like holy shit like well good like where it just goes beyond I don't know, they're very short scenes, but I've never seen actors, especially somebody that young, do something like that. Do you know how old he actually is? I mean, I know that he's playing a teenage Peter Parker, but, like, is he one of those people that just looks like a baby? I think he's probably pretty young. I'm not sure. I mean, he's probably younger than Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield were. Oh, for sure. But I don't know how old he actually is. Um, he definitely passes for 16. <laughs> he, he's currently 21. Okay. So he was probably 20 or 19 when they filmed it. So, yeah, he's he he does pass for 15, which is the age he's supposed to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's 21, which, I mean, <laughs> makes it more comfortable to oogle his abs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, no, I, I mean, I'm super excited, like... It's it's not for lack of wanting to that I haven't seen it. I just uh, haven't had the opportunity to do that yet. Yeah, I I really really liked it. It was it was it was I don't know. It's just good. Yeah, just go see it, everybody. 
You been up to anything else? Um, so I just, I'm about halfway through this, um, quote unquote, intensive writing workshop, online, online workshop. Yeah. How's that so, going? So it's, it's going well. Um, the first week was like, it didn't feel too intensive for the first week. I mean, you're writing at least one thing every day. Um, over the weekend I got a little behind, so I had to catch up today, but, um, it, it's been challenging on in in terms of like writing not necessarily the stuff i've written about yet has been hasn't been too challenging but the the like trying new things has been kind of challenging yeah i can see that yeah but then an hour ago we did a um i guess they called them oh what do they call them they call them word wars Hmm. and they, they give you like five to seven minutes and they give you a quick prompt and you have five to seven minutes to get as many words out as you can. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm, like, compared to some people who get, like, 400 words out. I get, like, 150. <laughs> but <laughs> Too like, choosy. Well, I, probably, yeah. Um, but it was, the topic was, like, um, reclaim a word. Hmm. So it got really intense. Not just for me, but for, like, everybody else, too. It was really cool. Yeah. I can imagine that. Yeah, and it's, it's, I should also mention, it's, it's specifically, um, a workshop for queer writers. Okay, yeah, that's definitely, then, it adds an extra layer of significance to that particular Mm -hmm. prompt. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. What have you been up to? Well, um, yesterday was my eighth anniversary with Will. I know, I can't believe it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but, so we spent, (sighs) this weekend... Everybody else in the house was in Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> so of course, so you did you meaning meaning you didn't get to go celebrate your anniversary in Las Vegas. <laughs> no, but we did that two years ago though. Okay, um, okay, so well, that's old news. <laughs> yeah, who needs it? No, it's um, Evo was this weekend the uh, fighting games tournament. So Dylan oh, okay. went to that, um, and then my dad was just there because he really likes Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, two two years ago I went um, with him. We went with him for for Evo, and so we did the anniversary in Vegas. Um, it would have been fun to go, but honestly, you know, Vegas isn't entirely my deal. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's not really. I mean, I love it. It's a lot of fun, but I'm not really a Vegas person. Uh, so yeah. it was kind of nice though because we had the place to ourselves all weekend. Um, so mm-hmm. we just got to chill and not have a bunch of people around. But. Yeah. Um, we uh, did go out and see uh, The Little Hours. Have you heard of I, it? I saw, no, but I saw you posting about it. Oh my god. Okay, so, it's an indie film. Honestly, uh-huh. I'm not even sure how I came across, like, I just saw, like, an ad for it online. Like, it's not anywhere. Like, we went to this, it's in one theater in Portland. I don't know oh, where Fox else Tower? it's showing. It's at um, Cinema 21. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know where else in the area it's playing. Like Probably I looked up, <laughs> yeah, I seriously, like I looked up this movie and that was the only theater that came up and <laughs> wow, really? Uh, it was so good though. It's, it's this comedy based on, uh, Boccaccio's The Decameron, which mm-hmm. is sort of like the Italian Canterbury Tales. I think I remember hearing or seeing a trailer for that it sounds familiar it is 
so funny. Oh my god. So, um, like the Canterbury Tales, the Cameron is like a book. It's like a frame tale with a bunch of stories. Mm-hmm. And so, um, this is based l- loosely on, I believe, the first story of the third day. Um, and <laughs> it's one of the only ones I actually remembered from reading the Decameron, so that was kind of neat. But it's it's this comedy. It's obviously set in the Middle Ages in Italy, and this dude ends up having to hide out. This dude, played by Dave Franco, uh, has uh-huh. to hide out in this convent because he slept with his master's wife. Uh-huh. Uh, and so they're going to hunt him down and kill him. But the nuns in this convent are crazy. And oh, that's really the one with, with what's her face? Aubrey Plaza. Uh, I I remember I watched a ton of videos on that because I, I you know I fell into a YouTube hole with Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza. I love her. <laughs> Who oh wouldn't? Who wouldn't want well, to okay. fall into a YouTube so I've, hole? So I've always Aubrey liked Plaza. her. I've always I've always liked her, but she stole my heart in Legion. So I am obsessed with her. So I can't wait to see <laughs> yeah, that movie. You need to. You need to see this movie. It's got so many fun because yeah, obviously Dave Franco, Aubrey Plaza. Um, Nick Offerman, Molly mm-hmm. Shannon, Kate McCucci. Molly uh, Shannon Fra- is like having a second career currently. She is doing amazing stuff right now. She, she's in an episode of Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a, there's a movie on Netflix. I don't I don't remember if it got a theatrical release or not, but it's called Other People. I think. And that does ring she, a bell. She, she honestly should have been nominated for an Oscar for it. <laughs> she was phenomenal. I'm, and that's like, that's not me being like, oh my god, I love Molly Shannon, she should have gotten an Oscar. Like, no, she her performance was stunning. No, it's really interesting to see her do dramatic work these days. Obviously, um, The Little Hours is not so much the dramatic sort. Uh, but right. <laughs> Fred Armisen is another actor in the movie, and he was at this showing. I, that's why I specifically wanted to go to this one, because he did a Q&A afterward. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it was really cool, I got to... Kind of talk to Fred Armisen. <laughs> is is that that theater that's like, it's almost like, it's like a really small one where it's probably like, I don't know, almost the size of a really large living room and there's probably like 50 seats? No, I think I know the one you're that. talking about. I think I saw Jane Eyre there. I don't remember what the theater is. No, this one's, it's decently sized. It's got a floor and a balcony. Um, okay. I bet it's yeah, the one no, I saw all... um, Moonlight at. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's on 21st. That's why it's called Cinema 21. I'll, I have to look but, it up because uh, I am so bad with, like, everything. <laughs> well, you should look it up and go see oh, yeah, The Little Hour as well as The yeah, Play. That's where I saw um, uh, Moonlight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, no, it was so, so good. So, so funny. The only complaint I really have about the whole experience was... I would have preferred to watch it by myself. <laughs> oh, really? Is, was it just kind of like uncomfortable? Well, no. It, it, it was. It was that the audience was just too darn noisy. Like it's funny. Oh, it's really. Gotcha. It's funny, but they were laughing too much. It's like, guys, it's funny, you, you but it's like not like your... <laughs> kind of funny. You, you mean like I want to watch mean... it in my living room. In your living room with Will, not by by yourself. I thought you meant yeah, like, yeah, no, alone. no, <laughs> no, no, not alone. Just away from the public, because God, they were really and and I don't know. Like 
I don't, I don't want to disparage, but it kind of seemed like it was an audience of Portland hipsters wanting to laugh at these jokes because they felt like they were very smart for finding this movie funny. That's that theater. <laughs> Honestly. That's yeah. the, that theater. That's the sort of clientele of that theater. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> I mean, like, and it was, and the funny thing was, it's, it's, the, what's funny about the movie is that though it takes place in the Middle Ages and it's a very medieval sort of the language is just... issue, it's contemporary. It's yeah, contemporary. Yeah. And in fact, it was apparently all like ad libbed. Uh-huh. They didn't have a script. They they just shot from an outline, which makes it all the funnier to know that these actors are just really that damn funny, that they're just coming up with this stuff. Also, didn't Aubrey direct it? No, 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 no. No, she, I think she did. No, I'm certain that she didn't. Okay. Um, in well, fact, then I, I don't that... know where I got that. <laughs> yeah, no, because the question I, when I went up to ask Fred Armisen a question, I asked if he... Um, if he or anyone else involved had read the okay, story yeah, no. prior and it he was like, her. no, this was like the director's <laughs> passion project. We didn't read. So like, I gotcha, feel like yeah. if Aubrey had oh, directed, he, he would have he's, said he's, that. He's, he's, he's her partner. So. Oh, okay. That's cool. So, sort of. She, she was, I'm sure involved <laughs> in the direction. Well, yeah. They're together. <laughs> she may have had something to do with at least, you know, the ideas behind it, but no, she was so funny. Like, unbearably funny oh good golly if you get the chance anyone listening to this i don't know if you have the opportunity to see this because clearly it's not showing everywhere it may show more places eventually i don't know get it online if you can just watch this movie because it's so 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 funny it's funny too because allison brie is married to dave franco oh that's so cute so they it was like a little family affair Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, golly. I really enjoy it. Like, I want to watch it again right now. There's a lot of, like, Without really interesting movies out right now. I mean, like, there's obviously the block, the summer blockbusters, but, I mean, like, I've heard great things about Baby Driver. I've heard great things about this. Oh, there's just a lot, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. I'm really enjoying a lot of... It's so nice to have good movies coming out. <laughs> yeah, and it's not all just, like, huge annoying ugly movies you know yeah there was a there was a while there where it was just like some real trash coming out it was disappointing (laughs) well why don't we get into our topic sure so i mentioned at the end of the last episode that jonathan colton has a new album out called solid state and we thought since it's actually a concept album it would be really fun to break it down and see what we could make of it, try to find the story there. There is a graphic novel coming out at the end of July, um, but we thought it would be kind of fun to see if we could parse out the story before the comic comes out, and then when it does come out, I can buy it and read it and tell us how wrong we were about everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and from the looks of it, like it's not just like a regular graphic novel. It looks like a coffee table book it's thick well and that's the cool thing because it's a big big square book it's made mm-hmm. to be the same size as the vinyl record sleeve oh so they can be like packaged together nicely okay yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of cute <laughs> uh so i guess a little bit of background on jonathan colton yeah because i looked him up and i was like oh my goodness like all the geeks know who he is or should even if they don't yeah. know yeah <sighs> 
I love this guy. So I've been a fan since high school. I got to see him live a couple of times. Oh, God, he's so good. Um, <laughs> so he's mostly known as sort of a geek rock musician. Uh, his most famous work is probably uh, Still Alive from Portal. Um, he did a song. He did that song for the first Portal, and then he did also the song "Want You Gone" from Portal Two. Um, before that, he became pretty famous for his cover of "Baby Got Back." Uh, he did it as like a like a an acoustic folk cover, and it's very very funny. Um, and he actually got embroiled with Fox um, regarding that because Glee used his arrangement of "Baby Got Back" for an episode of their show. Didn't credit him. Didn't. Tisk, even tisk ask him glee. well and apparently that's what they did i don't want to get into it because i could talk forever on it but <laughs> apparently they were absolutely legally in the right it's just shady as it's all rude. hell it's, it's awful rude. i mean it's it's like don't you have to support artists and they, yeah. yeah apparently they ripped off a bunch of independent artists um covers of songs because they only have to pay for a license uh, for the original song and an yeah. arrangement is just fair use. And so it's like, yeah, you can, but that's bad play. Yeah. Anyway, that whole thing happened. Unfortunately, he didn't have any recourse. But uh, he's, so he's just carrying on making his music, being a general awesome person. <laughs> um, he did Skull Crusher Mountain, Re Your Brains, lots of uh, funny, nerdy stuff. Um, he's always been sort of a story-driven musician, which is why it makes so much sense for him to do a concept album. But I find that lately, and you may find this too in um, Solid State, he's sort of getting away from the straight-up comedy these days. There's definitely some humor in his music, but we've come sort of a long way from a conversation between a zombie and his co-worker. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Solid State... What did you think of it? Well, I mean, I hadn't, I, I really don't have any sort of previous, you know, experience with him as an artist other than Still Alive and, and the other uh, video game songs he's done. But I really enjoyed how varied it was. Um, mm -hmm. You'd think when when you're trying to do some sort of concept album about uh, technology and the internet, that it would be very uh, electric. Yes. Um, but there's only about, I would say probably like two or three songs that are really sort of uh, even vaguely electronic. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got, you know, some synthy sort of stuff in there, but he's got yeah. a lot of acoustic guitar too. Yeah, they're very folksy, sort of light rock, um, just sort of, I don't know, they're really chill too, a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I'm a little torn about how we want to do this, if we want to talk about sort of an overall, like, lead with sort of our overall theory about the album, or if we want to go song by song and then, to, like, tie it all up. Um, let's go ahead and start with song by song, and then we can sort of go from there. Okay, because I do have a sort of theory on how it all you know what it all means and the story that's being told but yeah we might as well just go through and then it'll sort of reveal itself yeah <laughs> and we, don't, we don't have to get too detailed on every song because I mean, no. obviously not every listener is gonna be 
sitting there, you know, with their headphones in, listening to every song as we go <laughs> along, note. like, commentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so the first track is called Wake Up. Um, so my sort of take on this, um, and this is sort of looking at it in the context of the whole album, is that it is sort of a... It is the universe or God or whomever talking to mankind and mm -hmm. sort of anticipating the greatness that they will be capable of. Yeah, I mean, and, and just the title itself is like the perfect intro to a, an album about this sort of thing, too, you know? Yeah. Like and, wake up sheeple, sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's that. Um, But then there's also just sort of like wake up, like here you are, welcome to the world. Like, yeah, what, you know, it, what can what can you do? What will you be? Yeah, the Arcade Fire song, Wake Up, uh, comes to mind as well. It's sort of yeah. a, like, you know, you know, it's great to be here, isn't it? You know, that sort of thing. Mm hmm So one thing that I find really, really interesting is, um, that, you know, the way that it sort of starts with the, with, like, sounds of the world. There's, like, birds and sirens and just sort of general, like, it's very, very faint and it's easy to miss if you're not, like, listening to it very closely um but then the music comes in but it's played in reverse it's like you can tell that it's been recorded and reversed um and mm -hmm. that is another reason why i kind of see it as like man's beginning is it's like taking it back and back and back to the beginning yeah yeah and yeah, it's mostly live instruments mostly acoustic guitar not much sort of synth music in that one too that one's not the... Is that one... Because I know there's one that has a lot of strings in it. Does that one have the strings at the beginning? Um, I don't... I don't think it's that no, one. No, I don't think on. so. Um, I think this one is mostly acoustic guitar. I also sensed... A, there was it, it, The album also really reminded me of uh, Gautier. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Because... Uh, um, his last album was, oh, I forget the name of the album, but um, it was also very, like, technology sort of, but also music technology, um, hmm. and it, it had a lot of the same, I don't know, tone, I would say, musical tone, not necessarily, like, topic tone. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of, <laughs> not a lot of artists are going to write an album about what this album is about. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, any other thoughts on um, Wake Up? Nope. Okay, um, yeah, because I love the way that it ends, you know, builds and builds and builds to this crescendo, abrupt cut, and then this driving beat of the next track all this time comes in. And I wrote that one down as one of the ones that I liked, because that one was yeah. a little... I, I just it's it's poppier. Uh, well, and actually... That one also, it's like that almost like um, marauder sort of... Da, mm. da, 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 right? Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can see that, the sort of um, Moog, like, click. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that was the sort of single that he released from this album okay, before okay. he released the album. For good reason. It's it's catchy, it's fun, uh, it really pulls you in, and I think that was a good reason for its inclusion as the second track. Um, but I love, because, I mean, if you, it, the, <laughs> the lyrics are, you know, they obviously paint a pretty clear story, of this future world, this sort of, like, robot dystopia, mm -hmm. um, which, <laughs> which I love. Um, and it's got this really driving, driving, 
peppy beat, very assembly line, like factory, <laughs> like gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, and I love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. The, yeah, it, that, that one, again, I, I love that one. It was very, uh, yeah, I just liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's pretty uh, blatantly sort of this story of this man working in a futuristic factory setting yeah those first few Uh, lines are so yeah and and he's really good at like having humorous lyrics but without it being like ha 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 aren't these funny that's the thing i freaking love about him he's just a really clever lyricist uh but yeah i mean there's there's all this language that makes it really clear that this is what the setting is now i want to talk about um the chorus Uh, Uh uh-huh because there there was a little bit in there that I had to look up because I was not sure what the reference was. The first line is, what if Kurtzweil doesn't make it? Uh-huh. Uh, so the, the chorus, what if Kurtzweil doesn't make it? What if all the switches get stuck on destroy? When the shuttle goes, we won't take it. When the final countermeasures are deployed, all we'll have is all this time. Uh-huh. And uh, very fatalistic, fascinating sort of response. The idea of this man just being so trapped in this crazy robot world that he's fantasizing about like everything blowing up uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but I, I had to look up kurtzweil so is that a um, dr strange love reference i don't think so i mean it's, unless uh, I ray kurtzweil is referenced in dr strange love uh, ray kurtzweil is uh a, an author a computer scientist a futurist inventor okay. um he he invented text-to-speech synthesis, so, like, the technology oh. for, like, computers to read out loud to people. Uh-huh. Um, he writes books on, like, AI and transhumanism and stuff, so I'm not super familiar okay. with who he is, but I have to imagine that sounds, that's who's being referenced. sounds on, on brand for the album. <laughs> and... <laughs> it does. Yeah, he also, um, he invented a, um, music synthesizer called the Kurzweil K250, which okay. is capable of simulating the sound of the grand piano and other orchestral Ooh. instruments. Um, so it, he's kind of one of the guys really big in the idea of artificial intelligence and sort of blurring the lines between human consciousness and computers. Mm-hmm. So very... Uh, I'm not sure... I'm, I'm still not quite clear on the line. What if Kurtzweil doesn't make it? I'm not... I'm not entirely yeah. sure i've got that one figured out yet but i'm pretty sure that's who's being referenced yeah i mean i'm maybe he's just imagining like they're trying to keep him alive to like sort of he's i don't know maybe some sort of figurehead for this future or yeah i wonder if the book is going to make that reference a little more transparent i don't know yeah that would be interesting and i and i this the lyric seeing the lyrics for this song um are really making me really connect with uh gautier um, yeah. He has, he has an older song called Thanks for Your Time, and the first couple uh, lines are, You have been placed in a queue, but your call is valuable. It's very valuable. We hope this doesn't inconvenience you because you're valuable. You're so very valuable. Yeah. That really, that really makes me think of the, it's been 17, or 10,700 days we've been accident-free, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, the sort of reds for focus, blues to not get upset, wasters and complainers get what they get. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's yeah. like, that's not only like a pharmaceutical sort of scary that kind of future, but also a small Matrix reference and all that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose <laughs> that that could be. 
so, yeah, I mean, we've got this guy um, in the far future sort of dreaming about a world that's not so controlled and sanitary, sort of imagining what what could happen if the world just sort of blew up and what they'd be left with without the computers. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 oh. Um, so there's a theme that I've noticed throughout the album, which I think will come up with some more significance later. Um, but mm-hmm. during that during that bridge, the Reds for Focus bridge, um, mm-hmm. there's a beat underneath that sounds like a heartbeat. Ooh. And that, that's that's a theme that I sort of picked up on a couple of times in different tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, it it may just be sort of a reference to the experience of being drugged. Mm-hmm. And sort of that, that like steady heartbeat of like feeling your body slow down. I don't know. But, but it could uh, also but... be sort of that um, reference to the, 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 the sort of futurist, humanist sort of like. Yeah, and I think yeah. especially um, later when this comes up again, that'll be more significant. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we go on to the next track? Solid State, which is the name of the album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I see this because there's a later track that's a that's a reprise of Solid State. Yeah. And I see these acting as a frame for an inner story within the album. Uh-huh. Um, now, there's a bit at the beginning, and I can't tell what he says. It's probably not important, but at about 15 seconds in, you can hear Jonathan mutter something and then okay. shortly after that he like counts the song in so um he may just not be saying anything of great significance but i do think it's interesting that his voice is on there i mean it doesn't show on the lyrics um if there's anything there so yeah yeah it's not in the lyrics proper it's just like i i didn't even notice it for the longest time i, I sat down to really like give these songs a hard listen and i caught it Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just a little thing I noticed. It's probably not significant. Uh, well, sometimes if they want a more sort of raw or, like, unproduced feel, they'll, they'll do a count in and, and mutter something about, like, it'll be a, a track for what they want to do for this take, or, or like, mm-hmm. a, a note. Um, something like that. Yeah, there's a... I'm trying to remember an example. Um, oh, there's a, a live version of um, a Lumineer's song from their new album that's on Spotify, and... Um, and he sort of says, like, oh, sort of, he, he's, like, describing for, for the guitarist how he, how he wants it to sound, so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I probably, it, I, I doubt that it would elucidate anything if we could hear <laughs> but it, but I was know. just sort of he, curious. Maybe he's, maybe he's, like, working on all these levels, so. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's, you know, Paul's dead, something. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so this one starts out with some machine sounds, mm-hmm. uh, the way that I read these lyrics, it's sort of about our contemporary world and what life with the internet is like. Yeah, and that's sort of like, you know, the the concept of the album too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all about the internet, and and I think about who we are as people in relation to the internet. Yeah, well, and I, I need to like be smarter but what yeah. exactly because a solid state is is um mm-hmm. yeah i wanted to thing. talk about that that so a solid state it's um it, it sort of 
opening the door for computers. So things like transistors and RAM, those are solid state electronics as opposed oh, okay. to like gaseous or whatever. Um, and so basically that the computer can continue after you've stopped working with it. Sort of, sort okay. of. It's um, here. I uh, I have the Wikipedia up. page up. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a concept for people who are sm far smarter than me as far as computers go. But yeah, it, it's it's a computer term these days. Also, it can refer to a solid state drive, which yeah. is um, distinct from a spinning disk drive in a computer's mm -hmm. hard drive. Uh, a solid state drive does not have a spinning disk. It's just solid state. And uh, well, I think that better. has some really cool, like, um, poetic meanings. Like, if you yes. sort of, if you sort of make think of like a, a disc drive as like the spinning Earth, yeah. And then now we're in this solid state where like we're just like stuck in this. Well, and I find it interesting new, that he's talking about frozen. this. Um, things being better than solid state. And I think it's a metaphor. He loves using these technological metaphors. Uh, his previous album was called Artificial Heart, mm -hmm. which is what our regular theme song is from. And <laughs> uh, the track Artificial Heart, it's sort of this metaphor of having an artificial heart, like instead of having real feelings, like the idea of like an artificial heart preventing you from being a like having a you know metaphorical beating heart uh yeah. it's really you know fascinating the way he uses these technological metaphors and so i think that the way that he's using the metaphor of solid state is the idea that it's like yeah the internet is a crappy place and like things can be really bad there but probably it's better than being stagnant well there's there's so many levels to this now that i'm actually thinking about it but like if the the album artwork is a security camera. Yes. So solid state as in state of government comes to mind. Oh yeah. Meaning like it's all sorts of things about, you know, the government either being stagnant and or just like sort of I don't know, very Orwellian, you know. Yeah, I all really of, love... all of this room to store all of the stuff about us. I love the second verse, um, where it starts, uh, everything's fine, but nothing's really okay. It's all messed up. It's better that way. Everyone, you yeah. know, crooked little numbers game, but where are you going to go everywhere? It's all the same, but it's better than solid state. The idea, it's just like, would you rather we halt progress? Would you rather, because yeah. that's that sort of difficult line you walk with the internet you know like yeah. maybe people are being crappy on the internet but like we don't want to not have it <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> um is there anything else um that i wanted to say about that track you can hear my pages turning <laughs> i i wrote this on paper wow <laughs> i feel like that's an interesting sort of there's an interesting idea there with me writing about this internet album on real paper. I don't know. Well, very much so. That... Like, if we go back to the track, we were talking about that that guy who invoided in, or sort of invented the speech-to-text. Yeah, Kurzweil. I'm, I'm almost curious if some of these songs were written that way. You know? I don't know. And I that don't sort know. of that, that, that sort of strangeness of you writing it out on paper versus somebody maybe have been dictating it. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Um, uh, so the next track is 
called Brave, and this is a really fascinating song. So I believe this is where the story proper begins. Solid State sort of introduces us to the world that we're in, the context of the story, the, the period of time that it takes place in. Um, and I think Brave is our introduction to our protagonist. Mm -hmm. uh, clearly, not a happy man <laughs> at this point <laughs> in his life. Not at this juncture. Uh, he's something of a of an internet troll, something of a sort of a champion of logic and reason on the internet. That terrible type of person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's some really great sort of key language that he uses. Oh yeah. In like, off the bat, slack jawed sheeple sheeple with their eyes closed. Yeah. I mean, it, I think anyone who's like. Uses the word sheeple in a serious way. Probably has <laughs> is a, some is issues. a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really significant choice of words. Um, I see a lot of sort of allusion to anonymous with the chorus. Uh, when I torch the place, cover up my face, that will make me brave. The yeah, idea of mm -hmm. sort of anonymity of the internet allowing him to say these kinds of things that he would never yeah. have the courage to say to someone's face. Mm-hmm. And then I hate, like, there's such a disgusting, like, attitude to, like, heroes we pay a high price. Yeah. No, then the next Ugh. line is, there's a girl who ignores me. I like, know. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you just, it paints such a picture of the, of the guy this, you know, the person this guy is. A good yeah. guy, I used to be nice, now I hate till it bores me. He's a fucking nice guy. Like, <laughs> you know, that's, he's a, he's, ugh. So, so, I mean, and I think that that's this, this song both paints a picture of this character, who this guy is at the beginning of his story, and sort of what we're supposed to know and pay attention to about the internet and yeah. people's relationship with it. Mm -hmm. He's a sad, sad man. Well, and even if so many people may, may not know this type of person, but they've heard of this type of person. They're a dime a dozen, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just this mean, mean person who has to belittle people to feel good about himself. One, well, one thing I will definitely say for this album is like, it, it you, he could have, or anyone could easily make an album about Twitter trolls, but none <laughs> of the songs sound like they're about that. They're, yeah, you know, they're I mean, he's got sort of a bigger concept in mind. Yeah, and they're not they're not super obvious or or uh, overdone lyrics like they're not just being like, you know, pouting in your room in your chair, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I I love God, he's he does some just really great wordplay. His lyrics just always make me real happy. I love the bit um I'm here puckered up sucking on these sour grapes and I, it's just a the way that that line sound it's just really rings in my ears i like it a lot mm -hmm. well yeah it's very uh, um like bodily yeah and just the, that sort of it's it's got a great it's a great metaphor it's got a great it's got great imagery to it and the sound of puckering suckering you know the um oh i'm i know what the word for it is but you know where it's the internal rhyme oh um consonants Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit, I don't know. There's a lot going on in there. 
it just it's got a ring to it that I think is really good and and it just paints a really good picture. Yeah. So the next track is maybe my favorite. I just yeah, really I like love the sound too. of it. Square things. So story-wise, I think what we've got is the next phase in this guy's life and he's sort of pulled himself together and become something of a tech mogul. He's done something, he's made something um, that's brought him some success. Mm -hmm. And this is sort of the story of that and where he's at sort of as a it, what he sees as like sort of a bigger and more important person. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I, you know, the lyrics, uh, then you wish for bigger fish or something or just some other thing, like bigger fish, you know, immediately think, you know, big fish in a small pond, you know, you think you're, you know, great and destined for greatness. And you deserve something. Yeah. Yeah. But especially sort of, it, it's less, um, evident sort of within itself the the story that's being told but i find that in sort of the context of the surrounding songs that's mm -hmm. what i get from it is that's that's where this point of the story is yeah uh, it's just that i love that melody oh it's so good <laughs> i love the shape of square things just that interval there is so good and it's got s slightly sinister feeling to it it's mm -hmm. a little ominous yeah. yeah which i mean it fits fits so well you know when you're talking about the internet both what happens there and then sort of like what's uh what could happen to the internet yeah and you know like i'm just noticing now yeah uh, i'm just noticing now sort of a a reflection of the previous song um one of the verses is uh, still me, quiet as a grave. I could play dumb, walk away from white, what might be something I can save. Uh, you know, in, in the previous song, in, in Brave, he talks about, like, there, there's more of you than I can save. So I, I think it's sort of his, he wants to impose some kind of control, and I think that's what the metaphor of square things is, mm -hmm. in order to sort of shape the internet how he thinks it needs to be, in order mm -hmm. to better it for everyone else. Yeah. And that, that's me, sort of a recurring theme throughout the album is him saving people. Makes me think of, like, a CEO of a major website or something. Yeah, he's some <laughs> kind of a Steve Jobs, like, you know, he, he he's some kind of big tech boy. Mark Zuckerberg. Who, yeah, yeah, Zuckerberg, I think, is an even better sort of touchstone <laughs> for who this guy is and what he may have done. Um, and I'm curious to find out, one, if, if my assumption there is correct into what it might be that this character has created yeah i have some I, thoughts from the sounds of the later. lyrics it sounds sort of um almost very abstract especially especially with music and and sort of visual representations of music i'm thinking of like um daft punk where like it's not necessarily an actual thing they've built but like some sort of like pulsing cube that he's invented that yeah it's, i mean it's clearly some something some more well okay i'll just say what i think it is based on where the album goes i believe that he's working on some kind of an ai related thing yeah mm -hmm. um maybe to impose some sort of control on the internet 
I'm not sure exactly what his goal is, uh, but it's definitely related to artificial intelligence. Yeah. Well, and, and, and then square things, it's like, it, it might not necessarily mean like the shape square. It might sort of mean, you know, how we describe things as as square meaning, meaning like, un, not necessarily uncool, but, you know. Um, not hip. <laughs> not hip or, or like uh, very, pr- I don't know. It, it, some Somewhere in my mind, I'm like connecting it to like a robot that's just being like. Pragmatism, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Or, or yeah, mm-hmm. And I, and I see that, too, in these, I mean, just in the first verse, um, I love the shape of square things, but in my defense, right at the edge is where things started to not make sense. They have putting things into boxes in order to make them orderly and controlled. He, this man likes things to be in their place, to be orderly, he, you know, sort of that cold, sterile thing, which exists, I, I think, in the second track. Also, the wordplay there is phenomenal. Like, yeah. Right angle, yeah. You know, the edge, the edge, of, edge of a edge of a shape, you know, but also you know, right at the edge, like up until the edge. So, lots of cool stuff that he's doing, even even on the single line level, which not a lot of artists do. Yep, he's just really good at writing words. That's that's the thing I just <laughs> love about Jonathan Colton. He's just, I mean, because I, I, you know, he's he he writes good music, good melodies. But he's just a master lyricist, and I think that that's, you know, what makes him such a good storyteller. He, he really does tell stories in his music, in a in a super effective way. He he can paint these pictures of these characters super effectively. Well, and I, this that sort of makes me think of another topic I wrote down in my notes, where it's like, you know, a, a, an artist might not be like I I I wouldn't say he's the most talented singer out there. He's certainly quite good. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think that you can hear some real. Voice. Yeah, he's got had some real improvement. I I found actually just listening to this album, uh, I he he's become a stronger singer since you know some of his older work that I'm, you know, maybe more familiar with at this point. I, I noticed yeah. a real market improvement. But yeah, he's not. I mean, he's not like a, a virtuosic singer. Yeah, but he can he shows his talents elsewhere by by writing, uh, very. Uh, lyrically smart songs and then also sort of doing the whole concept but also the marketing with the the graphic novel so it, it made me think of a lot of other really popular artists right now that are doing multimedia albums mm-hmm. um i mean ob- the obvious one would be lemonade <laughs> <laughs> which no. is like you know it's it's a mixture of poetry music visual art you know, yeah. So yeah. it's 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 just really interesting to see artists pick other genres of art that they're either interested in or 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 talented in, and sort of explore those in relationship to their music. Yeah, I'm really I'm really stoked to read the read the comic and see what's in there. Uh, but we should move on because we have a lot of songs to get through still. Well, and, <laughs> and we don't have to do every single one. If there's just a couple that you're excited about well i i feel like i i want to at least touch on each of them because i think that every song is sort of an important part of the story that's being told just in order to sort of get through the concept of it uh the next track is pictures of cats uh so this is great i mean the concept you know initially it makes you laugh but it's just so darn relatable uh so i believe that here you know whatever big triumph you had whatever 
um, big dreams and big successes were present in the previous song, something has happened. It's all come crashing down. It's a disaster, and everyone blames him. So he's just going to look at pictures of cats. Which, I mean, <laughs> that's what we all do. I mean, these days I'm mainly looking at pictures of cats when my niece is like, cat, cat, cat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, some some days we're just, like, sitting on our computer and we are just watching endless streams of funny animal videos, you know? Yeah, just, I mean, he doesn't, he has nothing, there's nothing he can do, so he's just looking at pictures of cats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I, I, there's more of that sort of theme of order and disorder. Uh, he's got the, the line, uh, all of the pieces and none of the places they go. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I love, ugh, I love that. It's thing. also very, um, almost millennial, like super duper. Well, not just because it's pictures of cats, but also it's <laughs> like, um, try me tomorrow. Today's been laying me low. Like so many people that I know are suffering from depression, or they're just life sucks. So, like, yeah. they're trying to find some sort of small solace in the internet. Yeah, I, I think that's what makes this track so good, is it, it definitely tells this part of this guy's story, uh, but it's also just a super relatable song. Yeah, it's entirely universal. Yeah. I'm dealing with some kind of heartbreak, some kind of depression, where you just have to pull yourself out of the world for a minute. I mean, like, every line, it's like, uh, too close, so I'm pretending I'm far far away, not now, I didn't want to be useless today. Yeah. Yeah, that really hits you, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it's such a, like there's not even that many lyrics to the song either. <laughs> Every word just is the right word. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't really have much else to say to that song. I, I feel like it's it kind of speaks for itself. I'm sure it'll 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 get some sort of popularity in like some small, either small <laughs> or might might get sort of large because just again it's so universal that I'm sure people will gravitate towards it. Well, I hope so. Uh, the next song, Ordinary Man, is my other favorite track. I just like the ones that sound spooky or ominous, you know? <laughs> he, um, he has some great titles, too. They're not, they're yeah. not, like, they're every, every album these days has a song called Ghost. <laughs> yeah, I prefer the Mystery Skulls track myself, uh, but I'm just a big Mystery Skulls fan. <laughs> so, Ordinary Man. Yeah, I, I find it interesting that this song does have that sort of sinister, ominous sound to it because the way that I read it logically is that it's somebody sort of telling this guy, like, yeah, you can sit here and you can mope or you can just accept that this happened and keep going. Mm -hmm. um, I, it may be some sort of a, a significant other as is my main sort of theory, but someone is here telling him... Like, yeah, one thing happened, and everything fell apart, and now everybody knows that you're not indestructible, but just sitting here and moping doesn't sound like the great man that you are. Yeah. And it's almost, and I think this is where some of the, the darkness comes in, is like, because we're sort of a little bit linked to that sort of annoying trollish figure earlier... It's almost like, well, do we yeah. really want him to get back up on the horse? <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the 
sort of conflict of it, huh? Like, you, he maybe screwed up because he's a screw-up. You know, he did something really wrong. And so I'm really curious to find out what happened, like what disaster yeah. this guy underwent that, you know, everything fell apart. There's this sort of concept going on in the in the song of uh, letting fate take hold or, you know, imposing your own will on a situation. Uh, all this wait and see, all this what will be will be, that sounds like the plan of an ordinary man. Uh, you know, saying, like, you're better than that. You're better than just letting whatever happens happen. You need to take charge of this situation and take charge of yourself. Yeah, and, like, just sitting there sounds like something just an ordinary guy would do. You're better Not than you. that. You're more than that. But it has yeah. that kind of spooky, that, that, la, da, 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 like, that, that melody is, is, I don't know, like, it's an interesting yeah. tone, and I am wondering what's, what is at work there? Well, and for anybody, like, um, who hasn't heard this, but, but it's sort of, like, off chance that they haven't heard it and they're yeah. also listening to what are you doing? Us. Listen to the album first. <laughs> um, or, or the fact that they're just like listening yeah. to us. Hi, who are you? What are you doing here? <laughs> 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 um, but it's like, none of these songs sound like they're continuing a story. If you're like, especially they on stand on their own. Like musically, they, they stand on their own. They don't sound like they're, the same character, um, unless unless you're really starting to pay attention, which, I mean, in in its own way, sort of brings us back to the whole internet thing. Like, are you really paying attention? You know that sort of thing. Conspiracy theory, almost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so going on to the next track. <laughs> now this one's where things start to get exciting. Um, it doesn't. It's not an exciting song. It's the funny thing. It's a very <laughs> chill, mellow, slightly somber song called Robots.txt. Uh, now, that's another thing I had to look up. I did not know what that referred to before, but I figured it had to be something, um, and I was right. Isn't that a, just a text file? Well, the, the specific file name, Robots.txt, uh, refers to okay. a file which is in every website which tells bots what to do there um the good ones anyway you know the google bots and whatever that troll around the internet gathering information uh malicious bots okay. ignore this document but it's always in there it's always called robots.txt so the bots can find it and it's just instructions for bots to okay. use the website now wow. so it's, it's in that context, you can see that, you know, this song may be about these bots that just toil on the internet, gathering information day mm -hmm. in, day out, the same task over and over and over. It starts mm -hmm. out with a heartbeat. <laughs> Something is coming to life. Uh, which sort of, it, you know, it paints, if, if this is a song about bots, it's... It's almost like a, they're slaves. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the lyrics, it's very much like shapes on shapes, wasted time, pointless uh, points along a line, like very much like grinding away. Um, yeah, and it, it, especially with the, um, 
the line in the first verse, make it spin, fill it in, it sort of sounds like spiders, yeah. like just spinning this web. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I sort of imagine like a, a 2D um, little creature running around made out of just like triangles or whatever, just, you know. Doing its job. Doing its crap yeah, job. Yeah, doing like the the boring internet infrastructure work. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I think that leads in really, really well because I believe that with that heartbeat, this AI, something that, that our buddy, our, our crappy guy buddy has done, um, has led <laughs> to uh, what I believe they call the singularity. The computer oh. has come alive. It has woken up. It's thinking for itself. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's uh, that's what I believe that heartbeat sort of signifies. And the next track, Don't Feed the Trolls, <laughs> is a lot of fun. And I believe yeah. this is this this artificial intelligence learning about people through the internet. And oh no! Oh no! <laughs> that's really bad! Because we look terrible right. on the internet! <laughs> <laughs> It's it's great. That that first verse just is too funny and cute. Uh, Lucy had a steamboat. The steamboat had a bell. Lucy went to heaven. She still felt like hell, so she only gave it two stars. Worst place ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and and that is actually, as far as I can recall, his sort of second use of uh, like a childhood rhyme song. Mm -hmm. In uh, in a, in one of his songs to sort of tell a story, uh, he's got this real funny song called "Over There," which is mm -hmm. sort of a it's a it's it's a parody of these super America songs about how how great we it is in in America to the point of like xenophobia, where he's talking yeah. about how crappy it is over there. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a very very funny song. I I suggest you give it a listen. But he uh, he references the there's a place in france where the naked ladies dance song which is uh -huh. similar to the uh you know lucy had a steamboat steamboat had a bell lucy went to s heaven the steamboat went to hello operator give me number yeah. nine uh yeah. which is what he's referencing here uh so that's cute that he's done that again here i think this is another um track where people will will, will sort of gravitate towards it despite any other connections it might have to the rest of the album. Yeah, again, it just stands really well on its own as sort of its own, saying its own thing. Uh, it's just even more sinister in the context of the album. But it's but it's still, like, sort of upbeat and and funny. Yes, it's so funny. I love the, when I first heard the, <laughs> uh, bro, don't tase me, <laughs> I really cracked there, up. Yeah, that's, like, a huge reference that, like, I mean. Yeah. Everyone's going to know it's, what that it feels, is. It feels a little dated these days, but... <laughs> well, Joe Coe's kind of an old so guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... But it also has um, kind of some really dark ramifications, too. Yeah? Like, sure, that was, like, a, a funny viral video, but, like, it also sort of speaks to police brutality and yeah and just imagine that in that the context sort of, of some being learning about humans from it yeah <laughs> oh. it's not good this is a well then 
it continues later with the hello operator. Yeah. So it's just like... Hello, please give me number nine. If you disconnect me, I think that would be fine because all I can hear is talking, so much talking. Yeah, it's like this new childlike figure that's just like, okay, enough, shut up. My favorite line in the whole... Maybe in the whole album is, I just <laughs> checked my privilege and it looks fine to me. <laughs> like, ah, that just blows my mind what a good lyric that is. I just checked my privilege and it looks fine to me. Oh, too good. Too, too good. Well, and that's another one that's like, it, it has multiple meanings. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, somebody could be sitting there like, an internet troll being like, what's privilege, that's dumb, you know, that sort of thing. But it's yeah. also like, you know, making a joke out of privilege, which is nice sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's a lot. But also, yeah, it's just, there's a lot there. <laughs> uh, the next one, now, this one, I, you know, as his song... It's the track is called Your Tattoo. Uh and I it's gotta say pretty. like it's pretty. It I will admit at first I didn't I it wasn't my favorite on the album, but I think it's super thematically important. Mm -hmm. Uh I believe this is a cutback to our intrepid hero, and he has settled down with his his significant other that that was pepping him up before. Um, and he is learning the beauty of sort of messy things. He, mm -hmm. you know, flaws are beautiful. He's talking to his lover about her tattoo and how it's all messed up, but he loves it. Yeah. Yeah, the... Which is, I don't know, as far as the character goes, it's definitely like character growth. Yes, he's grown so and much. It, and it... And it makes you feel sympathy, finally, I would say. Yeah, he's become a better person because... through his relationship with this person. Well, and, like, one, you could say there might be some th sympathy after this sort of person falls from grace, but because we start off not really liking him. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, oh, it's what he learned. The door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. It's what he learned after his fall from grace that makes him a better person. You know, he, he screwed up and he had to he had to pull himself up and he had someone there to help him do that and he was humbled. I love, because the chorus um, is just so beautiful. Uh, One rough summer and too much sun, the lines get blurry and the colors run and the red beads out, bleeds out with the blue. Uh, you know, it's just this beautiful picture of this, this flaw. Uh, and, but, you know, yeah. he, it's told in such a loving way, he, he appreciates it for its imperfection. Well, and then it also calls back to the, to earlier in the al album where we have the blue and the red pills. Oh my and God, I didn't the, even the see the lines that. of the tattoo. Yeah. No. Yeah. And the, it's so sweet. The, uh, it's, I just think the line is so cute. Uh, secret in the shape of the way it hurt, planning an escape from beneath your shirt. Like, ah, I just, I can just see it. I can just see this tattoo and him looking at it and loving her. You know, it's, it's very cute. Yeah. Uh, so the next track we've got is Ball and Chain. And I think it, it we've got a sort of a, a jump to the future here. He and this mm -hmm. person have 
gotten married, and he's just living a normal life as a regular guy, and he's just happy. Like, he just got his life sorted, and he's got someone there to take care of him and scoop him up when he's had too much to drink, put him in bed, and he wakes up and she's there, and he's just like, wow, like, how do I even deserve this? Well, and I just love the sort of rebranding Ball and Chain into sort of a positive. Yeah! It's, ah! Yeah, she keeps him grounded. Yeah, Ball and Chain, what would I be without this weight that's pulling me down and back again, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, this is another one that it, it just sort of goes with, I think... So I was a little curious as to why he had to include both Your Tattoo and Ball and Chain, because they mostly communicate the same thing. I think it's just important to yeah. have both because they communicate a time jump. Okay, yeah. Um, I, 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 I see sort of a, a difference in... Yeah, I, I see sort of a, a cut to the future. You know, they've gotten married. They've had kids. They're, you know, just living a normal life. And time has passed. And so that communicates sort of how much time has passed for this artificial intelligence to sort of muster whatever it has planned. Yeah. Which, I mean, this is sort of our safe song before that happens, too. Yeah, it's, uh, and it makes what you know, happens is, next is... all the harder because he's, you know, finally found contentment. Yeah, and I love the, the opening line, like, did you say it was black tie, I lost a button, but it fits just fine? That's so cute and funny. It's just so domestic and, yeah, you know, he, this is another thing that Jonathan Colton does really well. On, on Artificial Heart, he's got a song called Glasses, which I think is a really sweet portrait of sort of family life, married life. Sort of the way that it's all chaotic and crazy, but you've got someone there who has your back and you love them. And when things go weird, you know, you've got someone there with you and you have just a fun time. And it's just, you know, being a, being a mom and dad together, being a parent, having kids and... Just rolling with the punches. And, uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. cool dad is fun dad. Cool dad's your favorite guy. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> it's so cute. Okay, so, the next track, Sunshine. This is where it hits the fan. This is the culmination <laughs> of this whole story of this guy. Because, unbeknownst to him, this AI has been busy... <laughs> and here it comes, the robot apocalypse. And it's, you know, the the title of the song is Sunshine, and it's kind of, I don't know, it, I love this song. <laughs> I do too. It's another one that, that it, it tells a much more obvious story. Some of them are, are mm -hmm. a little more poetic, a little less direct. Uh, this one really tells a story in the way that Joko historically does tell his stories. Yeah, I mean, here it is. So, the The robots are taking over, and mankind is powerless to stop it. <laughs> they, and so... I don't know why I'm laughing, let's just... <laughs> no, but yeah, there it is. That's what happened. And it's this guy's fault, I think. He's the one who, who got the ball rolling. He made it happen. Uh, yep. And... Instead of submitting to robot control, the humans walk away from civilized life and they die in the wilderness. <laughs> like, I think that's what happens, <laughs> is they go out, they're like, we could have stayed, uh, but 
yeah, we could have stayed inside the city the machines have made, but we took our time here in the sunshine. They rejected that possible future, at least some of them. It seems like, uh, knowing what we know about the future from track number two, the the robots have sort of kept the human population alive in some way um, as workers, but people did leave, and instead of you know submitting to robot control, they went out into the world. Uh, and who will see? There's no one left who can remember me, but today is mine here in the sunshine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Like, he dies. <laughs> like, that's what happened. You know, the well, robots... It's, it's like, both lyrically and musically, it's such a beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, also really sad. It's, yeah. And the funny thing is, it's such an upbeat-sounding song. Yeah, it's so upbeat. And this one, if I remember right, has a lot of, like, the fun sort of electronic stuff at the at least at the beginning right yeah and and i i i did know um i didn't mention it when we were going through but like a lot of them sort of depending on which part of the story is being told and what's being conveyed the instrumentation changes so like your tattoo Mm -hmm. is mostly acoustic guitar because it's a very quiet human and personal moment uh as opposed to don't feed the trolls which is sort of about the internet and so it's got more of that computer sound to it yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's sort of like this, I don't know, even the, the, the electronic songs are a little, are pretty folk-inspired, but, like, it's very, the interplay of the folk sort of, not necessarily ballad, but sort of, you know, yeah, love song um, versus sort of this electronic rock humorous, <laughs> like, apocalypse. <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, but it's never jarring. You no, know? no, he does a really, really good job of making it all fit. Yeah, and he's—it's not like he's like suddenly um, auto-tuning himself or anything. No, he wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's ever done that. I think that's pretty. Yeah, that would be a departure for him to do something like I that. I think it would probably be a little bit of overkill too. It would—it would be very much like, oh, this guy's writing a, you know, or doing a album yeah. about robots, so he's gonna make his voice sound well, like you know a what? robot. He does that once in the album. We'll get to it. Um, yeah. But the one line that that I find really fascinating is. Um, when we watch the wall at night, the tops of the trees reflect a cold and bluish light, a sudden unease. If there's nobody left, then who is it for? Uh, so we get a glimpse of this sort of robot future world that's being built right now that we mm-hmm. see in all this time uh, in, in the second track. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, woo. So yeah, it it almost feels like at least the sense that I got, and and this may not be the case, it, it almost feels like sort of he's the he this speaker the the protagonist is sort of the last person left, like he's the last to die. Yeah. When the machines take over, mm-hmm. it's so tragic. Or at least, or or at least that's the perspective we're given. Yes, that's his that's his perspective. He, everyone else is gone. He's the only one left, and that's it. The world mm-hmm. is gone. <laughs> and so then we have the reprise of Solid State. 
Uh, and this time, it starts out with a lot more bleeps and bloops, a lot more computer sounds, because that's where we are now. That's the frame, the crackle and the buzz that makes up the sound. It's breaking up nice, but it won't break down. Uh, it, this, it, this, it, the tone of this, the, the, the reprise, too, is very different. Yeah? Well, because the, the first song is, you know, it's the the name of the album, so it's sort of like the big song. Yeah. Um, but then the reprise is very, like, oh, sort of, not not necessarily ominous, but very, like, how do we get here sort of slow and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we're we're now back to the the robot future um from from before the the first yeah. solid state track. Uh yeah, I don't really have much to say other than I just see sort of more instances of this this idea of like transience versus permanence, you know, the mm -hmm. concept of sto solid state and yeah. and and something being permanent. And other things sort of going away. And and also, I don't know, it's just, I'm looking at the lyrics and the sort of um, moments after the It's Better Than a Solid State where the parentheses... The echoes. Um, yeah, the echoes. Um, that's the word I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're sort of mournful. Yeah, well, and and I believe that yeah, one after another, take care of each other. I think that's in the first um, first solid state track as well. Mm -hmm. it, that's but but it, it sort of has more weight now. Impact, yeah, more weight. The idea that like we brought this on ourselves because we didn't prove ourselves to be worthy of governing our own species. Uh, but yeah, this one there's not a whole lot to say. This has a lot fewer sort of lyrics than. Yeah. The other one, and because music, I mean, the the sort of significance of it is that it's a it's a repeat of the previous song, but it's got sort of more of a sound of of technology and computers. It's been yeah. more overtaken by that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's sort of the frame of this guy's story, um, and then we move on from there uh, to the future. I, I had trouble with this next track, Pulled Down the Stars. It took me a while to sort of get a handle on what I thought of it and wh where I thought it fit and what it meant. I think I wanted to like it more than I liked it. <laughs> what do you mean? Because I, I love that title. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It just wasn't my favorite. Yeah. So I believe it is a love song from the AI to mankind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. I think, with the line, um, you dreamed of me, I made a dream for you, where yeah. you dreamed of me, humankind created this, computers created the artificial intelligence, and in return, the artificial intelligence made a world for them that it thought was better, and they rejected it. Either they rejected it, or it killed them, or, you know, whatever. yeah. Yeah, I just see that from the line, um, I pulled down the stars for you and you made me wait a minute. Yeah. Um, not a lot of lyrics. This is mostly repeating here. Yeah, but it's very, <laughs> it's, I don't know, it, it's, it's, it's certainly a nice song. It um, is. I like, I mean, I like I, the idea of it. Yeah, I think it's lovely. Uh, yeah, and, and because it is so sort of sparing, I think that's why I didn't initially sort of get it 
yeah. and what it w- what it meant in the context of the story. It's but... definitely like the, the album is starting to wind down, and it's it's um, you know. Yeah, things get a lot less concrete from here. Yeah, mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, the next track is "All to Myself Part One," um, and it kind of seems like more of that sort of the. This is again from the point of view of the, the computers from the AI, yeah. and I see it as being sort of a a reflection of the first track, "Wake Up," with "Rise and Shine," "Heavy Head." This this computer is becoming possessive of humans and and wants them and wants to control them. Yeah, yeah. It's Sorry, it's I'm really pretty spooky. Reading these, yeah. It's it's, and it, we almost start to see the the sort of, of that that lead character early on where he was kind of annoying and not a great guy. Now we're starting to see like these weird, bad, character. <laughs> flaws in this sort of hive mind robotic race or whatever yeah that he made yeah and it's like he was sort of like oh the girl doesn't like me but sort of that sort of weird creepy possessiveness and that's sort of what we're starting to see now yeah yeah uh and then the next track uh all to myself part two I think I'm not sure why he separated this as two tracks. <laughs> I'm not sure it was altogether necessary, right? Because uh, it really does just fade into it, and it's just again repeating over and over. I want you all to myself. Yeah. Uh, and it's just sort of this AI becoming obsessed. Mm-hmm. The final track. There you are. Uh, now, this one sort of implied to me that maybe some humans left Earth yeah. and are returning home. Uh, yeah, I sort of got that, that, that vibe from it, too. Yeah. So, um, and I like this. So, the first line, a, a great remove, a slow decay, the views improve several times a day. Like, humans have left the Earth everything they made is crumbling and it's just getting better like as the as the infrastructure breaks down as the cities decay and fade away like things are getting better on earth but it also makes me think if there are any is anybody still there and they're sort of like stuck in this robotic world mhm um that as it's decaying people are watching it more and sort of the views sort of like internet views. Oh, wow. You know what? I yeah. didn't even make that, that connection with that word. Right. That's an and that's sort of dark meaning. too. Yeah. Well, and this is the track. This song is definitely from the point of view of the computer, uh, because it's the only one on which he does any, um, modification to his own voice. And mm-hmm. it sounds very robotic. He does some auto tuning to sound computerized. But, yeah, I believe it's implying that humans left Earth because it says, I observe as lines of light caress the gentle curve, coming home, falling far, there you are. Uh, you know, I, I get this great image of sort of the the ed- the curving edge of planet Earth as a ship is, like, descending down to the surface for the first time in forever, you know? Mm-hmm. I see that, and I see, like, or... 
for the they've been scouring the earth for whoever's left and they've found them um i also see like the lines of light caress the gentle curve makes me think of like a, a camera lens which is the cover of the album yeah well the cover of the album is a, a camera with an eye in it so it's it's you know that a lens in both senses yeah one interesting um note on that art so that's the that's the cover art for the album and the the disc itself has that same image on it except for the words are blacked out they're crossed out like they've been censored nice yeah it's really interesting (laughs) (laughs) so that's solid state it's the story of a guy who is a crappy man accidentally makes ai and causes a robot apocalypse (laughs) (laughs) at least i think so we'll have to see when the book comes out, how wrong we were. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that it's at least something along those lines. Oh, yeah. Well, we've got, we've, yeah. that I, I've got the big beats, at least, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any, uh, any final thoughts on the album, on the artist, on the idea? I mean, I think I, I mentioned it uh, sort of halfway through when I was talking about, like, the multimedia um, artist experience. I just think it's really cool when a songwriter, well, not just a song, like he, he's employing many talents here. He's singing. I'm assuming he does a lot of instruments as well. Um, yeah, I believe he writes all the music himself. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he may have some, you know, friends writing. Honestly, I need to look at the liner notes. Um, he may have some people sort of accompanying him, helping with the with some of the live instruments, but I know that he does, you know, write everything. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and there's already, you know, so many talents going on there, but then to also sort of have the hand... He, I mean, he's not writing the book, but to have the hand in its creation and sort yeah, of he, he collaborative. Yeah, sort of came up with the concept and the general shape of things in the story, and then um, the writer, who I don't remember the name of, and I want to credit... Um, uh, it says on on his on his website. I believe it's Matt Fraction. Yeah, Matt Fraction. Who? Yeah, no, no, no. Now that I recall, uh, he writes um, the really uh, popular and well regarded comic Sex Criminals. Oh. Which I don't know if you've heard of, but I've heard I haven't read I it. I've heard no. really, really, really good things about it. So, like, he's a rad guy. Yeah, so I expect really, really good things from this comic. Like, I don't and, think he could have gotten anybody better. The art's by Albert Montes or Fees, um, and and it looks beautiful. Yeah, I'm really stoked to read it. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, so I guess my final thought is this is an interesting direction for him to take, uh, for Jonathan Colton to take as far as sort of something to talk about because you know he's always been mr internet like he has a career because of the internet Uh, and i think he's very 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 savvy he has had some really interesting things to say when different um, issues and ideas came up uh he has this very interesting essay he wrote on sort of intellectual property and how it relates to um 3d printing and uh-huh. he's just a really smart guy as far as sort of the way the internet ought to work. He's very much into sort of putting putting your work out there and just trusting people to pay for it if to they want it. it. Yeah, oh, like, uh, okay. he, he, yeah, he, yeah, as far as, like, he 
He's like, yeah, you can pirate my stuff if you want to. And I'm not going to make it hard to do. But I'm also going to make it super duper easy for you to buy it. And hopefully you will. Uh-huh. <laughs> and if you already pirated it, that's okay. Maybe throw me a couple bucks, though. That would be cool. Uh, so he's just a really cool guy. Really internet savvy. He actually used to be a, um, a coder. He used to be a programmer. Uh, but So it's interesting for him to take this tack of, like, this cautionary tale. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I think we're seeing that more and more with sort of the really smart technology um, adjacent people and, and savvy people. Like, we've heard uh, Elon Musk warning of, of robots. We've heard... Yeah. Um, and, and I think it would be a mistake to... Yeah. Uh, I think it would be a mistake, though, to sort of frame this as being anti-computers or anti-internet. Um, because yeah. more it's about, like, an- anti-meanness. Like, the, I think the ultimate thing is, like, we have this really, really great tool, and we need to use it responsibly. Yeah. And we absolutely have an obligation to progress, but not at the expense of our humanity. Yeah. I think that's exactly it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of uh, reminded of, of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Because I think a lot of people sort of make the mistake of thinking that that is, like, an anti-science anti-progress book but it's absolutely not and (laughs) she makes it pretty blatant (laughs) that that's not what she's saying uh but people don't read things (laughs) and you know it's the idea of like you you are responsible for what you create but keep creating things yeah that and that now i'm like thinking about my my workshop we were we were sort of doing um uh a sort of what's it called uh a debrief after that, that last assignment about the um, the reclaiming stuff, and we were sort of, people were sort of saying things about like, I was afraid to write this before, for some for for various reasons, and feeling like you don't have the right to claim or create something, hmm. and and it, it's almost like well, just write it and create it like why can't we just and it's just there's so so many things that are like blocking us from just doing it fear fear and like societal pressures and and like um the one i wrote i'm not going to talk about it but um i wrote a, a a little piece about like the things that i tell myself hmm. that sort of stop me yeah inhibitions yeah so, I don't know, I think there's a, a lot here in this album that people not looking to connect to anything or not looking for a larger story will like. Yeah, I mean, it's and fun, think, it's catchy, it's it's nice to listen to. Yeah, it's nice to listen to, um, but then there's also, like, if you're, if you're there for it, there's a ton there. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's a pretty smart album. I'm, I'm glad that we decided to talk. Right, about it. there were multiple times when we we're just like feeling like idiots. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. Probably something too smart for me. <laughs> yeah, so um, we will at least briefly revisit this um, once the comic comes out and I read it. Uh, which so sometime maybe at the beginning of August, we'll uh, you know at least devote a little bit of time in an episode to sort of. Confirming or <laughs> right. or not confirming what we have suspected. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, well, um, I think that'll do it, unless you had any final words. I don't, no. That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to us on YouTube if you absolutely love us, and like the video if you just kind of like us. Also, remember to follow us on Twitter at LitMeritPod. And thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of everything in this album. Thank you, Jonathan Colton, for making such a beautiful, beautiful album, for making such incredible music and letting us use it on our podcast. And for being such a smarty pants. Yeah. (laughs) Until next time, remember, no No guilty guilty pleasures. pleasures.